late 70s and early uh. 80s, the boom years of the video game industry. Thank you. And my game system was the Magnavox Odyssey 2. Yeah. Sleek, stylish, futuristic, and totally underappreciated. Oh, Let's change that. Do it, I'll dig through the Odyssey 2 library, introduce you to each game, offer a few of my own expanded memories of playing them both then and now, and we'll see if those games hold up today. Amazing. I'm Earl Green, and this is Select Game. Welcome back, Select Game listeners and viewers, because again, we are a thing that is on YouTube now. And now, if you remember the last show that I did earlier this year, there were some technical difficulties. There was an audio issue, to put it mildly, and I wound up sounding a bit like a Dalek. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to redo some of the news from that previous episode so you can actually hear it this time. And we've got some newer news, too. We've got some really exciting stuff going on. Then we're going to play some games. How about it, huh? Oh, and also we have an unboxing, believe it or not. So, lots of stuff going in this installment. I hope it more than makes up for the time that the show spent away <laughs> from your ears and eyes. Now, video game history researcher extraordinaire Kevin Bunch, he's the same one who pointed me toward so much of the information that went into making the Odyssey 4, Odyssey 3 episode late last year. And he's continuing to dig into the histories of numerous 1970s systems, a lot of his work has been in uncovering the surprisingly extensive history of the RCA Studio 2, which it turns out that if there is ever a machine for which there were huge plans that did not come to fruition, well, Studio 2 is definitely, is definitely it. And I strongly urge you to check out Kevin's presentation on the development behind the Studio 2 and what could have laid ahead for that machine from earlier this year I will include a I'll include the YouTube video on our show page at the logbook.com/selectgame for you to check out on your own time but Kevin has also found some really interesting stuff uh, pertaining to Odyssey 2 history that I had not run into before. So let's let's look into this. We have a clip a clipping from Merchandising Magazine in June of 1979. Now, this concerns upcoming titles on the Odyssey 2 including Take the Money and Run, Computer Intro, Orbiting Math Game, Space Invaders, Electronic Pinball, Gunfight, and Electronic Battle Charge. Now, Orbiting Math Game, I have a feeling that has to be I've Got Your Number. Because if you think about it, the mechanics of that game are such that you have shapes and numbers sort of orbiting constantly around a couple of centers of gravity, shall we call them. Space Invaders, obviously. Alien Invaders Plus, obviously. <laughs> that was going to have to be renamed for legal purposes. 
And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. You think about someone putting out an announcement like that now with, uh, you know, very tentative titles for software. The lawyers would be piling onto it like crazy. Now, Kevin also sent me a clipping from Merchandising Magazine from September of 1979, which announces 11 new game cartridges now uh, it's kind of interesting. Pro hockey, pro soccer. That um, sounds to me like something that might have been retitled in the wake of Mattel Electronics landing all of these league-specific, not quite endorsements, but they were able to use the league logos and the league names in their games. So perhaps Magnavox backed away from calling any of the sports games pro anything. War of Nerves, I have a feeling that used to be Electronic Battle Charge. I've Got Your Number now has its title. Take the Money and Run Computer Intro, those already have their titles. Thunderball already has its title, so the Electronic Pinball has been renamed. Whirly Bird and Orbits, I, I think it's pretty obvious which games Although, you know, here's the funny thing. I, I look at those titles, and it's kind of like... You know, I kind of like those titles. <laughs> so... Yeah, there you have it. Some interesting what-ifs, what-could-have-beens from the Odyssey 2 line. These are what some of the games in the Odyssey 2 library, at least in the States, might have been called. Now, the Odyssey 2 library keeps growing. 2600 Connection has released a new homebrew by Rafael Cardoso called Cold Case. You can see it in action here in the video that was posted. Reminds me of something. Hmm. I, I would say it reminds me of a certain Activision game, but perhaps I'm getting colder there. And because I don't want to land anyone in trouble. I think we can all tell what inspired this game, but it's still really cool to see it on the Odyssey 2. Now, there's another new homebrew in the works. I have no ordering information yet. This one is... This one's really exciting to me. Ivan Mikado's Dungeon of Eternity. Now, Video Pack France shows a July 7th release date of this with 75 copies available for the Odyssey 2, 25 copies for the Video Pack. And once we get into the gameplay part of this, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the first computer RPG I ever played on the Apple II. It was called Telengard. And I've done a whole other video about it, and I will... Include that as well on the show page at thelogbook.com slash select game to show you the original Telengard. This one is miles above that because, <laughs> like the PC version, unlike the, unlike the Apple II version, but very much like the PC version, it has graphics depicting the various elements of the game. And really interesting because Ivan is not using any of the standard characters here. I mean, all of this stuff is drawn pixel by pixel just for this game. 
just a, a very simple old school CRPG for the Odyssey 2 and video pack. I cannot wait to play this one for real. Um, another note that I have here is the artwork is by Zamil.com, who also did the outstanding cover art for Forbidden Lands a few years back. And there's, there's one more bit of really exciting homebrew news that I have for you. But in this case, I have only photos. And they were posted on the Hogos Para Video Game Odyssey Facebook group, which is based out of Brazil. These were taken off of a screen at an informal gathering of some members of that group showing off a new homebrew in development. And... This, to me, looks like we are porting Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back very much as it was released on the Atari 2600 and the Intellivision. Um, it looks like it is now headed for the Odyssey 2. And that's, that's extremely exciting news. I have no idea on a date of availability, but... That's that's just really cool. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Maybe we will have it in time for and you know I don't want to make anyone feel old. The 40th anniversary of the movie next year. God, I'm old. Earlier this year on social media, you might remember my post involving a project to create a life-sized statue of Magnavox Odyssey inventor Ralph Baer. You know, he's the guy who created home video games, regardless of what Nolan Bushnell might have to say. This public space near Manchester, New Hampshire's Silicon Mill Yard was going to be called Bear Square. And the Silicon Mill Yard is the hub of the city's tech industry. Now... One of the very few good things about it taking this long for me to get around my technical difficulties to do the next Select Game podcast is that this project has now been completed. We have some photos from the day of the unveiling on May the 10th from the local media. There is now a seated life-size statue of Ralph Bayer on a bench in Bayer Square which can be found on the edge of Arms Park on the Merrimack River in Manchester. There was an unveiling ceremony, like I said, on May the 10th with the local media and members of Ralph's family in attendance, as well as local business leaders, complete with confetti. If you are anywhere near Manchester and make a pilgrimage to Ralph's statue, uh, if you take photos or if you have video, uh, feel free to share those with us because this is um, it's kind of a big deal, kind of a big acknowledgement finally of Ralph's place in the history of home video games. Now Brazilian Odyssey fans who ordered Forbidden Lands quite some time back, because that's been a couple of years, they got a great surprise, a brand new issue of Odyssey Aventura, the South American equivalent of Odyssey 2 Adventure magazine. That looks great. <laughs> I kind of like an English version. Um, I, I wish I could afford to uh, to have an English version printed, but perhaps, perhaps someone somewhere 
can make that happen. That's that looks fantastic. I see Mr. Roboto on there. All sorts of all sorts of stuff from recent years of the Odyssey 2 or if or if you are in Brazil just the Odyssey software library. Now, kind of an update on the technical issues I've been trying to overcome. I at long last have a video ingest gadget for my PC and much to my surprise it works directly with OBS Studio which is the software I use to put the video version of the show together as well as the audio version. The audio version basically is now just an audio rip of the video version of the podcast. It's kind of a roundabout way of doing it. But for nearly any case not involving a plus game that would have been on the Odyssey 3 or the video pack G7400 Plus, we are now free of emulation. Everything is being played on original hardware. And here's where that gets particularly exciting. We have an unboxing. Packrat VG. You can go to their website at packratvg.com. Kindly sent a video pack 7061 game selector cartridge. This has every original Odyssey 2 and video pack game on one cartridge, including unreleased games, Parker and the Magic games, over 200 titles total, including a nice sampling of homebrews, hacks, and a few modded games as well. Uh, David does an excellent job of packing stuff, as you can see here. There's, uh, obviously nothing terrible is going to happen to your cartridges en route. And there you have it. The 7061 was designed by Rene van den Enden, who has done numerous Odyssey 2 homebrews in the past comes in a very nice box. This sits very nicely alongside, you know, if you're like me and you have your Odyssey 2 boxed games proudly on display, uh, there is no issue with this box sitting alongside those. The cover artwork is really neat. Uh, it fits very much alongside what has been done on video pack and Odyssey 2 games in the past. Again, packratvg.com is where you can get this for about 60 bucks. The cartridge itself is very secure in the box. There's a... I hadn't seen this style of box before. I'm not sure where it originated or who designed it, but it's, it's very nice for holding an Odyssey 2 cartridge. There's also a full-color manual, which is quite an extensive list. And this video was actually <laughs> shot a couple of weeks ago when I got this in the mail before I had tried it out. A little bit of trouble pulling the manual out. Of course, that was more to do with the fact that I was holding it like this in front of the camera instead of just pulling the manual out, you know, with my eyes on it like I normally would. But the manual has a very precise list of what all is on the cartridge. Now, unlike past multi-carts, there is no box of dip switches on this cartridge at all. Uh, 
This is entirely on-screen menu-driven, and it includes a search function. Uh, you know, a very basic search function. And with the exception of about half a dozen games, it's perfectly fine to leave your Voice of Odyssey 2 attached with this cartridge in the slot. And the manual does include, you know, it very specifically lists which games you have to remove the voice to play. Uh, there are a few games that also have automatic PAL and TSC detection. And here it is, there's the, there's the menu right there. It starts you off in video pack. And I don't know how visible I'm going to be because I'm leaning aside to uh, hold the joystick here. And I may, have to, I may have to get up from my chair and disappear for those of you watching the video version of the show. I may have to uh, get up and disappear to reset the machine. The, as you can see here, my joystick kind of sticks, but that's kind of handy in this case because it goes through the whole thing. Uh, you do have your plus games mixed in among the video pack. There's Cosmic Conflict, Plus, Play School Maths, Gunfighter. So you have the European names. You have some European specific games like Death Charge and Marksman, Catch the Ball, Knots and Crosses, Secret of the Pharaoh. Flipper game, of course, is what we Yanks call Thunderball. It's a pinball. Basket game. Munchkin, of course, there's KC Munchkin. So these are all the video pack versions of the game. And you have there your plus versions of Terra Hawks, Killer Bees, Nightmare, Looney Balloon, Neutron Star, Helicopter Rescue. Who on earth would grace Helicopter Rescue with plus graphics? <laughs> but <laughs> enough said. Okay, now we're into the Odyssey 2 library. So effectively, you may have a few of the games on here twice. Baseball, Computer Golf, Old Favorites All, Thunderball, which we will be playing later, Alpine Skiing, Blockout and Breakdown, Alien Invaders Plus, Quest for the Rings. So you have here effectively the entire Odyssey 2 software library on one cartridge. You have voice games, you have Type and Tell, Smithereens, Casey's Crazy Chase, P.T. Barnum's Acrobats, Turtles, Killer Bees, Power Lords, and you have your magic games, Atlantis, Demon Attack, you have the Parker games, Frogger, Popeye, Cubert, and Super Cobra. Now, the Parker games are the... I'm pretty sure these are the PAL versions, so Cubert and Super Cobra will work on an Odyssey 2. Joe Pack. Okay, so you have the French versions, including some of the French plus versions. And Brazilian versions. You have some games like Clay Pigeon, which did not appear in North America. Commando Noturno. Super B. Frogger. If you are playing on an NTSC system in North America, you'll need to play the uh, Brazilian version of Frogger. German traffic games for those of you who want to go play in traffic. That sounded kind of wrong. 
Unreleased games. Himalaya, Interpol, Bastion, Martian Threat, uh, Ralph Bear's Pinball Prototype, which we will discuss later. Robot City. I can finally play Robot City on my Odyssey 2. Sherlock Holmes, the unreleased master strategy game. Now, I don't know how well that plays without having the board. Spider-Man, Tutankham, Syracuse, Clay Pigeon, Night Fighter, it's Commando Noturno again. Odyssey 3. For those of you dozen or so people out there who have an Odyssey 3 mainframe prototype, here you go. Flashpoint, the terminal program. You have alternate versions of Killer Bees, Air Battle, Martian Threat, Spider-Man. You have Homebrews, Amok. Whoa. My joystick. I'm getting carried away again. Uh, you have Ted's Planet Lander, Mr. Roboto, and Puzzle Piece Panic. You have Renee's own Pong and Calculator. Kill the Attacking Aliens, Route 66. Ants, Fatso, Go Sub, Jungle Girl. Sea Rescue, Hot Love. Minefield. Mods and Hacks, you can play the Pac-Man version of Casey Munchkin. You can play some of the plus games that weren't plus games to begin with, but have been plussed <laughs> by fans of the 7400 plus who were nonplussed by the lack of a plus version of some of their favorite games plus version of Power Lords I don't think I've ever even seen that I didn't know it existed demos and tests you have the service test car bitfield character set a lot of this stuff I am not familiar with grid editor sprite builder and back to the beginning of the menu that is that is a lot of stuff. The chip inside the cartridge that holds all of this stuff in one place where you can get at it via an on-screen menu uh, holds about a meg of memory. And I can guarantee you that most of that is probably taken up with the menu structure and not the actual software because Odyssey 2 and Video Pack games were tiny. So there you have the Odyssey 2 Video Pack Multicart to beat all multicarts thus far. Now I believe Renee has a 7062 in the works. I don't know what could possibly be on that that is not on this already. Unless it takes in maybe the past four or five, six years worth of homebrews because that's the only place where the Odyssey 2 software library is expanding. But for right now, you can get the C7061 multi-cart from packratvg.com for only 60 bucks. I highly recommend it because this saves me a huge amount of trouble as far as doing this show because whenever I was thinking about doing a pinball related show such as I'm doing now I was thinking okay I will play Thunderball and Pachinko on original hardware because I have the cartridges over here but for Ralph Bear's pinball prototype I'll have to play that on 
you know, stinky emulator. Turns out, no, I don't. I can play it for real. And so with that in mind, let's get some games going. So, first game we have on tap for the Pinball Wizard of Odyssey 2 episode of Select Game is number 9415 called Thunderball, released by Magnavox in 1979. Video pack owners known this as game number 24 in Europe called Flipper Game. Now, as with so many Odyssey 2 games, it was programmed by Ed Averett. This is the box version. Oh, that's a price tag on it. $22. That's right, Obi. I have a feeling this was probably someone else's before it was mine. So, the label on the cartridge itself, which I'm actually not going to be putting into the slot because we have the 7061 now, Press 1, okay, for normal action, press 1 for 1 player, 2 for 2 player, 3 for 3, or 4 for 4 players. For slow motion action, press 5, 6, 7, 8, for respectively 1, 2, 3, or 4 players. This is kind of interesting in that you have a 4 player option, so let's try the... First off, let's <laughs> get the game loaded on the multi-card. And there you go, select game. Now, in order to get out of a game that you have selected and get back to the menu, you have to, you can hit reset and it will just return to select game on this piece of software like it normally would if this was the cartridge you had in the slot. If you hold the reset button longer, on the cartridge itself there is actually a yellow LED and when you see that LED blink then you've completely backed out of the piece of software that's selected and you go back to the game selection menu on the video card. So, or the multi-card. Alright, press one, one player, normal action. Alright. So pull back, there goes the ball. Obviously the buttons control your flippers. Now you have a little bit of leeway with your joystick on moving the flippers. It's kind of like, it's not quite like the physics of jamming a table, an actual pinball table, if you're playing a physical pinball game. The longer you hold back, the more oomph your ball gets. I'm very bad at pinball. <laughs> I, I am not the person to demonstrate this at all. as that very lame launch just demonstrated. Uh, 
have a five-digit score, and that is something very rare on an Odyssey 2 game. I just noticed that. It kind of goes back to a uh, an interview I did with Bob Harris, who designed Killer Bees. Probably. Oh, good grief. We're talking about close to 20 years ago now. Okay, my game has ended. And now my game has ended. And, anyway, it's funny, the game over screen shows the ball bouncing around in ways that I couldn't possibly get it to do. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a nice little video pinball simulation. There's nothing, nothing wrong with it there. It's just that I happen to be someone who is terrible at pinball. So, there you go. Let me uh, reset here. Okay, I believe five was our option for one player slow motion. Hey, this is more my speed right here. There we go. Here's the thing, if I have to... I mean, it's nice that the slow motion option exists. But if the physics of pinball are such that I have to change the laws of time and gravity, you know, become the wizard of speed and time in order to play the game, that means I'm not very good at the game. Although, I can't help but notice my score is a lot higher on that one ball than it was on my whole game at normal speed. So, it's very gracious of Ed to include a slow-mo version of the game for those of us who kind of live our lives in slow-mo. terrible. That was a ball that went out and went right back in. Okay. Oh, oh and, and when the game is over in slow-mo mode, the ball starts careening around the board like, you know, anyone could do this. So, there you have Thunderbolt. When you're playing the when you're playing multiple players, and you share the player one and two joysticks, obviously with players three and four, then you have the play field and other elements on the board change colors. We'll do a three-player game at normal speed. And what? Yeah, okay. So now we're player two. <laughs> oh, oh, my joystick is pulling on the uh, RF cord. That's bad. So we have a little bit of interference sneak in here on the video ingest. Okay, make that a lot of interference. We can still hear it. 
That's good. Okay. Player three. I just held back on it. Held back on the plunger as long as I could. Eventually it throws the uh, throws the ball out there itself. So there you have Thunderball, which is like I said, it's a nice enough video pinball simulation. It's okay as video pinball goes. But those of us who just aren't complying with the laws of nature and gravity and physics such as they are if you're already not good at pinball it's kind of hard to be good at video pinball I'll put it that way so now we come to pachinko which is an age-old game from the Far East, and the Odyssey 2 version of it has next to nothing to do with the real game. The uh, the artwork is quite striking. So much larger than life. Isn't that a lyric from Peter Gabriel's Big Time, if I'm not mistaken? I think it is. You're right in the middle of the action. That's that's really the most of us that's the most sales pitch they could come up with is so much larger than life you're right in the middle of the action okay if you say so the game mechanics are <laughs> really there's only one way to get into the game you press one and then good luck <laughs> in trying to figure out how this relates to real pachinko in any way now it's a two-player game but if the okay I guess I'm red you are supposed to use the energizer as they call it to change the color of the ball that means the ball is working for you it's scoring points for you whatever point value happens to be in that basket. Come on, I would like a ball too. Preferably too, if I can manage it. Aha! <laughs> so the computer player and I are just trying to claim that same ball as it bounces back and forth between us. Sometimes the point value of a given basket is zero, which doesn't help you at all. You're just trying to keep a ball in play, and you're trying to keep it working for you. Now, like I said, this has next to nothing to do with how actual pachinko works. The actual pachinko is kind of the, the inspiration for the game we know as pinball, except it's more vertically oriented. Instead of the table being horizontal, laid out flat, it is vertical, um, sometimes mounted to a, a wall or other vertical surface. And that... 
<laughs> yeah, this thing with with little guys running around with energizers. This has next to nothing to do with Pachinko, but okay. It's um, it is what it is, <laughs> and I am so not winning. Oh, great. If nothing else, though, it's it's uh, probably a fun two-player game in which people get to scream at each other across the room. You just stole my balls, and they're not wrong. Really, the place to wait is right there by that ramp, so you can instantly claim whatever ball comes your way. My description of this is not... <laughs> is not doing the game any favors whatsoever. Now, interestingly, somewhat like Blockout Breakdown, if you have to signal that there is a human being playing the game by moving one of the joysticks, as I did mine, I left the other joystick alone so the other player is controlled by the computer, if you leave it alone, and this may be something much more interesting to do than <laughs> watching me play it. Okay, the other player topped 100 points, so... Victory! <laughs> the... The machine will play against itself, and that's probably... Let me do that and leave both the joysticks alone. It's probably much more interesting and probably a much better idea of what one is supposed to do watching the computer play against itself. Although I, I'm not really seeing the computer doing a whole lot that I wasn't doing. You know, I was trying to avail myself of every ball that came my way and make sure that I claimed it in my color. <laughs> but... There you have it. Pachinko! A game that has... almost nothing to do with the actual game of Pachinko. I wonder why... I, I really kind of... I have questions. <laughs> if... okay. Pachinko was number 9425 in the Odyssey 2 library. Um, and by the way, I forgot to go through some of these, and so this basic information. Uh, for the video pack in Europe, it was game number 26, and it was called Basket Game. Now, the weird thing about that is, if this came after Thunderball, what was it about this game filled a need that Thunderball didn't? I'm sitting here looking at it, you know, looking at the computer play against itself on this, and I'm wondering, okay, if you already have Thunderball, why do you need Pachinko in the software library for the Odyssey 2? Because it's just... It's very not Pachinko. <laughs> the, the actuality is they could have called it something else, but... I don't know, someone somewhere may have said, hey, you know what would be fun? 
Let, let's do a pachinko game on the Odyssey 2. And Ed Averett went to town, as he always does, and, you know, probably somewhere along the way found out that a, a pure pachinko game on the Odyssey 2 would not be terribly different from pinball on the Odyssey 2. So, there you have it, Ed Averett's pachinko. Such as it is, little guys carrying energizers, which look an awfully lot like whips to me. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Little, little guys, energizers, and all. And so that brings us to the final game we are going to play today on an actual Odyssey 2 which is Ralph Bayer's Pinball Demo Cartridge. Now, this was a prototype game that was programmed by Ralph Bayer and Don McGinnis at Sanders Associates at a time when Magnavox was about to cut the cord and stop all development on the Odyssey 2. Ralph wanted to show that, no, it's, it's easier to develop software for this thing than you think. And so he and Don McGinnis went about programming a simple pinball game for the Odyssey 2. It was never intended for release as a commercial product. They were just trying to show off the possibilities of what could be done with this hardware platform, this Intel-based, 8048-based hardware platform that Magnavox had basically signed up for. Now, as far as having it on cartridge, it was originally released in an autographed limited edition of 30 copies at the 2000 Classic Gaming Expo, signed by Ralph Baer. This is one of them. This was my copy. These sold for $25. Now, I wasn't at the 2000 Classic Gaming Expo. I acquired this cartridge later, and I acquired it fairly cheaply because it didn't work. Yeah, the EEPROM had become unsoldered or something, but basically the owner was ready to let it go fairly cheaply. And, you know, for my purposes, I put it in one of those video pack plastic cases and hung it on the wall. Perfect. Now, I can tell you that this very cartridge that you see a picture of right there, and that picture was taken... I'm going to say around 2005. Yeah, this was taken around 2005. Um, that cartridge is now hanging on the wall in Arcadia Retrocade in Fayetteville, Arkansas, because that is that was part of the collection that I donated to them before I moved across country. And so they have I was I was okay with letting a cartridge signed by Ralph Bayer go because my copy of Ralph's autobiography is actually signed to me personally by him and so I think that that covers my my Ralph Bayer autograph needs there and uh, that was available from Rolenta Press by the way and it may or may not still be available depending on a lot of factors. You know, one may show up on Amazon. 
They're kind of hard to find though, but absolutely an essential reference for the Magnavox Odyssey, for the beginnings of the Odyssey 2, and for everything that Ralph did in between, such as Simon, the uh, little tabletop matching tone game Simon, he basically invented that. So lots of good stuff in that book and I'm very happy that mine is signed. Now there has been another cartridge release that was done in 2015. Good Deal Games did a print run of 100 copies of this which came with the, also a signed cartridge signed before Mr. Bear died and he uh, he signed those. Let me see my notes here. Say all manuals were signed by Ralph on the weekend of October 13th, 2014, before he passed away later that year. And so the game also came with the the patch of the cover artwork, the patch of the Odyssey 2 logo, which that's cool. I wonder if Michael ever considered, hmm, you know what the Odyssey 2 logo would look good on an enamel pin. I'm looking up for the first time and just now realizing my cat. One of my cats got me. Pretty good earlier this evening. Long story. Um, the other thing that this came with, aside from a real-life pinball, because uh, Michael Thomason is a, a big fan of feelies, it also came with a copy of the only known photograph, according to Michael, of Ralph playing in Odyssey 2. And as you can see... He's playing Spin Out on the Odyssey 2. He's playing the pack-in game. So, that uh, that version of the game obviously also has gone out of print. And, you know, of course, because they were signed. Good luck getting one. I, I, <laughs> this is another reason I really recommend the multi-cart, because... Uh, it may not be signed by anybody, but you get the whole software library up to about 2004 2005 in one place. Now, the version that Good Deal Games released did have some new elements added to the program. I think it had some different table configurations. I'm not entirely sure on that. How different they were, I don't really know. But... Let's uh, let's actually play pinball here. Ralph Bear's pinball on the Odyssey 2 number of players. That's interesting. Format. I don't have any documentation for this, so I'm kind of winging it. Okay, this is a much more basic pinball game than Thunderball. Because everything is done with text characters. I'm I'm not seeing how I control my flippers. And that uh, that didn't work out too well for me. The instead of graphical elements for the bumpers, you have a screen full of multicolored zeros denoting how many times that bumper has been hit. 
Okay, oh, the the other controller controls the flippers. Alright. Alright, there's flippers back into play. And you can also bump the table. Okay, apparently, my problem is I have the wrong controller in hand. Uh, you can bump the table, which somehow never tilts it, but it does, uh... Ah. Oh. Okay, so you use the left joystick, you pull back on it, sort of like the plunger on a pinball machine to put the ball into play. Everything else is the right-hand controller. Fair enough. I, I think there are some... For demonstration purposes here, there are some very liberal interpretations of the laws of physics in play. <laughs> Which, considering how bad I am at pinball, that suits me just fine. I recently played an Atari 7800 homebrew of Baby Pac-Man, which was a hybrid pinball video game. It was a pinball table with a video game element, which was something that Midway tried all of twice. And uh, that's that one was very enjoyable. The Odyssey 2 video pinball games, whether you're talking about the one programmed by Bear McGinnis, or Thunderball programmed by Ed Averett, they're pretty basic. Probably only so much computation for simulated physics that you can do with the Intel 8048 chip <laughs> as your, your main processor. So, there you have Pinball by Ralph Baer and Don McGinnis. Not released until over 20 years after it was designed, basically as a tech demo to let Magnavox know, because Magnavox was about this close to giving up on the Odyssey, too. This was a tech demo to let them know, no, don't give up on the Odyssey, too. You can do stuff with that processor. And then fortunately, fortunately for Magnavox, Ed Averett, who had been working at Intel and was part of the team that sold them on the 8048 as the central processor on the Odyssey 2, was happy to sign on on a royalty basis and develop software for the processor that he already knew quite well. And that's kind of the story of Ralph Bayer saving the Odyssey 2. And then Ed Averett continuing to save it. So there you go. All of your pinball sims on the Odyssey 2 in one place. I think the real star of this podcast, obviously, is the C7061 multi-cart. I highly recommend that. 
Uh, I've really enjoyed test driving it, both on and off screen. And it's, uh, if you have some significant gaps in your library, it is a must. If there are some homebrews and other games that would cost you a fortune to accumulate separately, which, you know, that's, that's really down to you whether you want a cartridge with the attendant artwork and manual artwork that goes with it, with that one game. Or if you just want... It's, it's the difference between collecting the physical items and just playing. And that's a discussion I've had on this show many times. That's what happened to the collection that I used to have, which was quite extensive many years ago. And then, you know, dire straits kick in and you start divesting yourselves of things. And that's the point at which suddenly emulation is, is okay. It's just fine. In a lot of regards, Odyssey 2 emulation still not quite there. So the 7061 really is very highly recommended if you just want to see every piece of software that this machine had to offer. And also if you've missed some costly homebrews and repros along the way. That's it for this month's select game. I hope you've enjoyed tagging along with me as I continue battling a few technical difficulties and finally get back to playing the game on the original hardware. Hopefully we can be back next month with more select games. all the time we have for the Select Game Podcast. You can hear Select Game on iTunes, Stitcher, and ThrowbackNetwork.net, and you can also subscribe to the RSS feed. You'll find the podcast itself and occasional goodies associated with it at www.thelogbook.com slash selectgame. And donations for the site's upkeep and continued podcast production are always gladly accepted at patreon.com slash thelogbook or via my Amazon wish lists. Feel free to drop me a line at the Facebook page for thelogbook.com, via Twitter at logbookguy, or email me at earl at thelogbook.com. Select Game Expanded Memories of the Odyssey 2 is a production of thelogbook.com and was written and produced by Earl Green. Mm-hmm.